Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Bruce Willis's The Return of Bruno from 1987. On March 3, 1985, Moonlighting debuted on the ABC television network. It was a comedy-drama series that revolved around cases investigated by the Blue Moon Detective Agency and sexual tension between its two partners, Madeline Hayes, played by Sybil Shepard, and David Addison Jr., played by a 30-year-old newcomer named Bruce Willis. Willis had worked as a guest actor on shows like Miami Vice and the 1980s revival of The Twilight Zone, but Moonlighting was his first starring role, and according to Wikipedia beat out 3,000 other actors, including Robert Blake and Rick Dees, of all people. In this Good Morning America interview from 1985, Willis and Shepard talk about his audition. How were you guys at that audition? Well, I, I knew that he was just wonderful. I thought he was real, real attractive. And do you remember what you said to me? Can we say it on the air? Yeah. Tell him. You, you, you looked at my eyes and you said, how can I work? You're so beautiful staring into those eyes. Well, you remember that? I was dazed. I was I like, I started going boom, that. boom, boom, boom. I, was, I mean, I wasn't really nervous about doing the audition. It was just, it was it was real nice, you know, working with Sybil. I mean, just doing that. We had fun. We were just horsing around. Moonlighting featured equal parts comedy and drama. It's credited as being one of the first successful TV dramedies. In 1985, it was the first show in the history of the Directors Guild of America Awards to be nominated for Best Comedy and Best Drama in the same year. And then it happened again the very next year, both times winning for Best Drama. Moonlighting was also known for being fairly experimental for a network TV series. Regularly breaking the fourth wall to address the viewer, episodes that featured parodies and homages to classic cinema, dream sequences a Shakespearean episode, and even musical numbers. I was feeling so bad. I asked my family, doctor, just what I had. I said, doctor, doctor. Mr. MD, doctor. Now can you tell me what's ailing me? Doctor. Moonlighting had propelled Bruce Willis into megastardom. By season three, he'd made the leap to the big screen starring in the films Blind Date and Sunset. He even signed a television commercial deal with Seagram's Wine Coolers, giving him another opportunity to sing. Motown Records was founded by Barry Gordy Jr. on January 12, 1959. First known as Tamla Records, it was incorporated as Motown Record Corporation on April 14, 1960. Motown played an important role in the racial integration of popular music as an African-American-owned label that achieved huge crossover success. In the 1960s alone, Motown had 79 records reach the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. Their success continued into the 70s and 80s, releasing number one singles from artists like Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross, and Lionel Richie. Say you, say 
Then, on January 20th, 1987, Motown Records released The Return of Bruno by Bruce Willis. The Return of Bruno was a mix of covers and original songs brought in from outside writers. One of those writers was Brock Walsh. Walsh was a songwriter and producer who co-produced Andrew Gold's 1978 hit, Thank You for Being a Friend, which would eventually be covered by Cynthia Fee and become the theme song to The Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant Walsh provided the lead-off track for Bruno, coming right up. May I take your order, burger rocks, slice of water, coming right up, coming right up, all alone. The album's first single was a cover of the Staple Singer's 1971 single, Respect Yourself a duet with June Pointer featuring background vocals by the Pointer Sisters. The song ended up reaching number five on the Billboard Hot 100. was Willis's nickname from his bartending days in the early 80s when he and actress Linda Fiorentino both bartended in New York City. Even though the album cover says Bruce Willis, the songs are performed by Willis's musical alter ego, Bruno Rattellini. This concept was explored much more in a one-hour mockumentary, also called The Return of Bruno, that aired on HBO shortly after the album's release. Proving Willis's star power at the time, the special had an unbelievable cast. Brian Wilson, Phil Collins, Michael J. Fox, Grace Slick, Elton John, the Bee Gees, Joan Baez, John Bon Jovi. That's just a handful of them. The entire mockumentary is presented in the form of a fictional show called Rock Heroes, hosted by Dick Clark. Hello, I'm Dick Clark. Welcome to another edition of Rock Heroes. Now this week we take a timely look at a man who is uh, quite literally one of the unsung heroes of American rock and roll. Tonight, we turn the spotlight on Bruno Rattellini, a man whose influence on music and musicians is legendary in the world of entertainment. It kind of plays out like the Forrest Gump of music, with Bruno playing a huge part in the history of rock and roll. For example, Bruno gave Wolfman Jack his name. He told Elton John, nothing succeeds like excess. He was the one who wanted to make Woodstock a free festival. Paul Stanley credits Bruno with giving Kiss the idea to wear makeup, and he was even responsible for the formation of the Beatles. Yeah, he introduced me to George one night at uh, the Cavern Club, and that's how it all started. You know, I was derelict on the street, and he brought me into this club, introduced me to George, and, well, the rest is history. You can watch the entire special on YouTube. I'll post the link on the Bizarre Albums Twitter, at Bizarre Albums. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But let's get back to the album. The album was produced by Robert Kraft. No, not the New England Patriots owner. This is a different Robert Kraft. Over the years, Kraft had produced or co-produced artists like Jimmy Buffett, Don Henley, and Ozzy Osbourne. In 1989, Kraft even went on to co-produce the Grammy Award double platinum soundtrack of The Little Mermaid, which included the Academy Award winning song, Under the Sea. Under the Sea. Under the Sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. And this wouldn't be the only time that Kraft and Willis collaborated. The two wrote the story for the 1991 box office bomb Hudson Hawk. The film reportedly lost TriStar Pictures nearly $50 million. A recurring plot device of the film has Hudson, played by Bruce Willis, and his partner Tommy Fivetone, played by Willis's longtime friend Danny Aiello, singing songs concurrently but separately to time and synchronize their exploits. Willis-Aiello duets of Paul Anka's Side by Side and Bing Crosby's Swingin' on a Star are featured on the film's soundtrack. You could be better than you are You could be swinging on a star You could be swinging on a star Kraft was also a songwriter. His songs have been recorded by Bette Midler, Roberta Flack, Los Lobos, and Kermit the Frog, just to name a few. He co-wrote Jackpot, parentheses, Bruno's Bop, with Willis. It's both Willis and Kraft's one songwriting credit on the album, and also features Willis, or should I say Bruno's, harmonica work. Young Blood was a cover of the Coaster's 1957 hit single, which Rolling Stone once placed at number 414 on their 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list. Bruno's version was released as a follow-up single to Respect Yourself, but this one only peaked at number 68 in the U.S. Do not help myself from shouting. What's your name? What's your name? Now look at here, girl. Come here, baby. Track 6 was sort of a hybrid cover listed as Secret Agent Man slash James Bond is back. Secret Agent Man was written by P.F. Sloan and Steve Barry and made famous by Johnny Rivers. Bruno's version opened with the sounds of a car door being opened and closed, footsteps, and a single gunshot. Then it's mostly a straightforward cover of the Johnny Rivers version with some elements of the James Bond music sprinkled in here and there. It even featured Booker T. Jones of Booker T. and the MGs on organ. Secret Agent Man Away. 
Mark Walsh wrote another original song for the album, this time alongside co-writer Jeff Lorber, whose songs had regularly been featured on the Weather Channel's Local on the 8th segments. The two teamed up to write the album's closer, Flirting with Disaster. The album peaked at number 14 on the U.S. Billboard 200 album chart. The album even got a re-release in 1997, distributed by Razor and Tie, the record label and music publishing company responsible for the Kids Bop albums. Oh, and there was one other single released off the album a cover of the Drifters' 1964 classic, Under the Boardwalk. It peaked at number 59 in the U.S. and even featured backups from The Temptations. Under the Though Under the Boardwalk fared poorly in the U.S., in the U.K. it was a different matter, as the single reached number two on the charts and became the U.K.'s 12th best-selling single of 1987. Apparently that wasn't enough to be memorable to a then-nine-year-old James Corden. Here's Corden talking to actor Don Johnson on The Late Late Show about Bruno. Now, I only recently found out, I never knew this, I found this out last week, did you know this? Bruce Willis released an album and called himself Bruno. Did you know that? No, on my life, I, I promise knew you. him as Bruno. Shut the front door. Yeah. You knew Bruce I... Willis as Bruno. Yes. Why do I play this clip? Well, because Don Johnson is another actor who released an album in the 80s. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and go ahead and leave a review while you're at it. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums. And I'm at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. If you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at BizarreAlbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.